This is the Tribune Audio Network. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash. On this show, we uncover the backstory behind some of the most intriguing tales in history, culture, science, and religion. In this episode, the political cartoon is losing its influence in modern life. But half a century ago, Bill Malden's cartoon spoke truth to power in a way rarely seen before or since. This is The Backstory. Without a word, a cartoonist can tell a story. This visual art form is a way to connect complex ideas at a time when many are illiterate. It's a time-honored medium. It goes back to hieroglyphics and even cave paintings in southern France. noted fact that half of the population are visual thinkers. The other half probably are as well, they just don't know it. Jonathan Pluckin is with the Chicago chapter of the National Cartoonist Society. The cartoon goes back a long way, part of the process for artists to begin their masterpiece. The word cartoon was actually used when Michelangelo first drew his form on the Sistine Chapel. The very first image of some of these great masterpieces were in fact cartoons. The political cartoon is powerful, and its best weapon may be its simplicity. From generals to presidents, these artists speak truth to power without ever uttering a word. The art of political cartoons has changed thought, changed behavior, and has uh, transformed our nation. Everyone knows this image, join or die. It's one of the first in America, created by Benjamin Franklin in 1754. Opponents say this peculiar-looking election district near Boston in 1812 resembles a salamander-like monster, or gerrymander, after Massachusetts Governor Elbridge Gerry. You can create a monster out of the very place that you live by the virtue of your own ideology. Another iconic American cartoon, Uncle Sam. He's not created by Thomas Nast, but Nast does help his popularity rise, and his other cartoons are influential during the Civil War. Abraham Lincoln thought of Thomas Nast as being his single most valuable tool in generating support for the draft and arming the Union uh, with soldiers because he was depicting the world as he saw it. It's the drawing plus the idea that has the power to persuade the people and embarrass the powerful, putting political cartoonists' lives at risk. In 1831, Charles Philippon depicts King Louis as a pear. In court, he argues, the king sort of does look like a pear, and the jury buys it. That cartoonist kept his head, but he was imprisoned for years because he depicted power as being a fruit. President Nixon isn't happy with how he's depicted by Herblock and tries to get him fired. A political cartoonist who's doing his job is speaking truth to power and popping the bubble of pompacity and making sure that those in power remember who they are actually serving. 
Arguably the most prolific political cartoonist of the 20th century, Bill Malden, who spent many years at the Chicago Sun-Times. Bill Malden is a unique cartoonist in a unique world. Early in his career, he finds humor in the most unlikely places, the front lines. Malden had a depth and breadth of life experience that not all cartoonists have. Rob Havers is president and CEO of the Pritzker Military Museum and Library, which features a Malden exhibit. Malden is a cutting edge or the forefront of efforts to change society from the moment he really picks up a, a pen or a brush. It starts with his characters, soldiers Willie and Joe. A few laughs for the regular guys about life in the military, which is not always as glorious as a John Wayne movie. A little more, this is the life of the infantryman and the, at the sharp end on the front lines. There's not a lot of glory. There's not a lot of glamour. The cartoons make points um, about that life and, and visually demonstrate what it is to be a frontline soldier. And it is as far removed from the glitz and the glamour as you could imagine. Malden keeps it real, and Willie and Joe political cartoons evolve into more poignant scenarios. The challenge for infantrymen isn't just bullets or bombs, it's hunger, weather, confusion, tension. Inequality and unfairness motivate Malden to target military brass. So this uh, cartoon says, them old eagles sure spoil that new uniform, Colonel. James Brundage is the Pritzker's curator. So this is a cartoon that he did really to highlight the fact that you know the Jim Crow, the segregated army, was coming to an end. Um, and this is really the start, his post-war period, of his shift more towards political subjects and really to uh, a no-holds-bar kind of attitude when it came to his cartooning. Lampooning the military and its leaders draws attention from a furious General George Patton, who summons the young cartoonist to his office and tells him, You're undermining the morale of the army. You're painting a picture that is somewhat at odds with the approved propaganda image of the United States military at war. The plus side of all that is that the men in the trenches saw Malden as a hero. Air power is supposed to make the infantrymen obsolete. They make up about 15% of enlisted men, but 70% of the casualties. The thinking or, or the conceit behind it is that once the artillery has stopped, once the air power has gone away, it's down to the infantrymen to take those last 100 yards. Malden, as an infantryman, as a cartoonist, capturing the role and the experience of the infantryman is there in those last 100 yards. A mortar round lands near Malden. He's wounded and receives the Purple Heart. It gives him even more credibility with men on the front lines. He wins a Pulitzer. Bill Malden returns from war, the most famous enlisted man in the U.S. Army. He writes screenplays and even stars in the Red Badge of Courage. I lit out. You mean you ran away, Henry? The Chicago Sun-Times hires him in 1962, which is where, following the assassination of President Kennedy, 
he publishes his most famous work. The image he comes up with is a reconstruction of the famous Lincoln in Washington, D.C., but with his head in his hands weeping, essentially. The fact that Kennedy is, an, is a president who's been assassinated, as was Lincoln. And it is a very visual, very visceral image that no one who has any sense of, of American history could fail to understand the significance of. Our objective in South Vietnam has never been the annihilation of the enemy. Malden is close with President Lyndon B. Johnson and is hawkish on Vietnam. But Malden's son is a chopper pilot in Vietnam, and Malden's opinion shifts against Johnson and the war. He did start to depict uh, Johnson in a very um, unflattering light. You can see him here coming ashore in Vietnam after consensus has uh, sank, essentially, about the Vietnam War, and a little bit of uh, humor here, unlawful to kill minors. Despite the disagreements, the embarrassments, many of these politicians seek Malden out to acquire his work. I think they generally just appreciated the fact that, you know, he was paying attention to them because I think that uh, that's how they knew they were either doing something right or something wrong. Later in life, Malden is tinkering with one of his Jeeps and injures his hand. After five decades as an artist, the accident ends his ability to ever draw another cartoon. then develops Alzheimer's. A veteran starts a campaign to help him remember his stellar career. 10,000 veterans send letters of their war memories shaped by Malden's Willie and Joe. Malden dies a year later in 2003 at the age of 81 and is buried at Arlington National Cemetery. In the year 2000, there were 200 staff political cartoonists in the U.S. Today, there are less than 40. That is a travesty because I think we lose that ability to communicate visually ideas and concepts, particularly those that have great impact on who we are as a society. We've lost something. We need people to provoke and to make you think. Jonathan Pluckett uses his skills for murals and still creates cartoons like this one. Children matriculating through a university program can be like a digestive process. <laughs> and they pop out the other end, neatly coiffed, diploma in hand. A younger generation that grows up on the internet may see art as free, but it has value. Both the art and the idea illustrated by an artist who is trying to unravel the complexities of issues to reveal a simple story, one that might change the world. Thanks for listening to Backstory. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review. To watch our full coverage of this story and see some that didn't make it to the podcast, visit us online at WGNTV.com slash Backstory. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.